Hey, that logo says Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. And I'm Richard. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, John? Good. You look so fancy. You just came from a, a date night with the wife, did you not? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't have time to change. No, that's your commitment to this show, uh, everyone. Uh, speaking of a commitment, why don't you make one by following us at Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. If you like this video, hit like, subscribe. We love you for it. You know, Richard, Halloween went by, and I forgot to mention it was the uh, birthday of a good friend of ours uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, Adam Schlesinger, who I worked with uh, very closely on a lot of projects. And... Uh, we think of him every week when this show starts because our theme song was written, produced, played by Adam Schlesinger. So the people that always leave comments, who did your theme song? What song is that? You can't buy it anywhere. Adam did it especially for us because that's the kind of guy he was. So I just wanted to make sure we said happy birthday to Adam uh, in paradise, wherever you are, Adam. We miss you. Uh, today, viewer mail. But before we get going, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Richard, it's no secret we're getting older, right? You are. Well, hey, I'm, I'm, I know how old you are, mister. And thanks to the magic of uh, Google Analytics, I know how old our audience is, too. Uh, so this is going to be very relevant, I think. Recent studies have shown men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s. Isn't that weird? About an average of 1% a year. Yeah, think about it. If your father was 30 years old when you were born, mm -hmm. you would have 30% lower testosterone than he had. Ooh. Low testosterone can, can uh, have all kinds of, of health effects on men as well. It, it can cause you to lose muscle mass in your body, can affect your mood, your memory, even your sex drive. I know, and it can even cause depression in some people. And low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men of any age, though. So we're here to talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They are a worldwide leader in home health tests, and with their male hormone tests and home sample collection, it's never been easier to check your testosterone levels at home. Yeah, you can order a testing kit that will be delivered uh, to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives at the laboratory, uh, confidential results will be available for you uh, in your secure online account within two to five days. These results are re reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Check nursing team uh, may call you with the results. Let's Get Check laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited. It's a fancy way of saying those are the highest ranks of accreditation. So if you want to test your test, Test your test, your testosterone levels without having to leave your home. Visit trylgc.com slash bronze and get 25% off your test with our promo code bronze25. All this is linked in the, the description as well, so you don't have to memorize it. But in case you're that kind of person, you want to visit trylgc.com slash bronze and use promo code bronze25. And let's get checked. Let's get checked, Richard. We should, shouldn't we? We've been checked. Yeah, yeah, we have. It's it's not good, but it is time for our hot book of the week. What is it? Uh, the hot book this week is Black Panther number five from two thousand nine. This is the first appearance of Shuri as the Black Panther. Um, we we have seen now in several released Wakanda trailers a woman dressed in the Black Panther armor. Uh, the, what do you think? Is it misdirection? You think it's going to be her? 
I think it's going to be her. I honestly think it's going to be her. Um, we know she's in the movie, and I, I think she's going to be taking up the mantle. But I, I don't think the focus of what kind of forever is going to be of her or Black Panther in general. I think the focus is going to be uh, Namor, or as he calls himself, Namor, mm. um, and the, his struggle against Wakanda in general. So we'll see, um, you know, more than just Shuri as as the uh, uh, protagonist in this movie. Uh, well, you know, Ironheart's going to be in this movie as well. Um, but I think, you know, it's, she is going to take up that role. And as you think of Black Panther and, you know, they move the mantle on, um, to, to her and now whether she can keeps that mantle for more than this movie is something left to be seen. But, um, I think this is a goodbye. If you've had, if you've held onto this book, uh, since all the rumors were uh, swirling around a couple years ago, um, hopefully you can make bank on it now, um, but yeah, I think this is a pretty good book. Uh, CGC, there's there are 763 copies on the census. There's only five newsstand copies total. Of which That's one. right. This was st still a newsstand era book. Oh wow, tough tough to get those newsstands. Um, the last sale on on uh, GPA was two hundred and five dollars for a nine eight um, direct. The ninety day average is three hundred. Mm -hmm. Newsstands, there haven't been any there haven't been any nine eight sales at all. Uh the highest nine six sale was nine hundred dollars. It was just wow. a single one. So if you've got a newsstand of this, you know, it's it's uh this may be the time to uh cash in. Yeah, it might be might be time to strike with this one. Well, it's that time again. Your favorite time and mine time for viewer mail. You've got mail. And Richard, why don't you start us off? You're so talkative today. You go on, take the first <laughs> Uh, yeah, too funny. I, I just noticed the Adventure Comics 307.5 on the wall. Yep, right back here. Uh, I just got mine back from CGC S75 as well. Well, congratulations. I love that book. Uh, I love, uh, and anybody who's listened to the show know, I, I love the Legion of Superheroes. This is the first issue where uh, the book focuses on Legion. And um, to me, it's an important book. So I actually traded for this particular book. I traded one of my uh, coveted Marvel superheroes uh, number twenties. That's that why you have them. Yeah, that's right. I, I it's it was a great deal. Uh, my friend um, Tom, who's somebody I bought a lot of books and we we, we do a lot of business back and forth. Uh, he wanted a copy and he had a, had this available and so we did a trade on it and uh, I'm very happy. We should mention that piece of viewer mail came from great northwest comics x great nw comics x was his username uh my first piece of viewer mail is from mark la puma uh the puma seems like that john and richard i enjoyed your halloween special thank you mark thank you in regards to the comment about dc comics i think now is a good as time as any to be buying and upgrading the DC collection. Outside of any potential developments and projects in the newly coined DCU with James Gunn and Peter Sassfran, uh, these books continue to go undervalued, in my opinion, and the long-term value implications look positive. Swamp Thing 37, Hawkman number 4, Batman 121, House of Secrets 92, Good Strange months. Adventures, yeah, 205, immediately come to mind and are only just a few from the DC catalog to be on the hunt for tack on James Gunn's affinity for eccentricities and oddballs. 
and the potential is there. Yes, I I already have my peacemakers. I have my judo masters. I, I'm, I like the Charlton ones. I want to see some more Charlton oddballs come up. But we thought uh, this was a good jumping off point to share some more underrated DC books that we think uh, people need to be taking a look at. Richard, you have a bunch listed here. And I'm not surprised this first one you have listed here. <laughs> I like the girls on the cover. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good Girl Art is, is my weak spot. It's what I collect. Uh, Legionnaire is number 16 from 1994. Has this beautiful cover with Saturn Girl showing off um, what her assets. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Adam Hughes does a great job on this cover. To me, it's the second best Adam Hughes Legion cover. Number you know, number one, of course, is Legion Superheroes. Number twenty three, uh, and that gorgeous cover, Supergirl. Uh, this is a book that is I find this all the time. Uh, it could be had for under twenty dollars still, and you can find it. Uh, fairly easily i say pick it up i mean this is you know when you talk about uh adam hughes covers um most people think of the others uh you know the legion of superheroes number 23 yeah. but uh, if you're looking for you know in the deep catalog this is easily one of my favorite covers of his and you know for 20 bucks it's it's a it's a very very reasonable book to pick up and 1994 not a huge print run uh during the crash after the nineties crash. So, uh, and also it's a Legion book. Nobody buys Legion books. Uh, yep. no matter what I, had to say. I know no That's... matter what Richard and poor Paul Levitz want to. <laughs> um, I, I think another good one in, in this, this realm is, uh, uh, you've got it listed here in the notes, all-star comics, 58, the first power girl. I think it's not really underrated. People are always on the lookout for it, but, you know, people love that Power Girl. People don't have a lot of high-grade copies of All-Star 58. Um, again, it was a book that, you know, kicked around those dollar bins for decades. And yep. now we're seeing what happens when these ignored books with key first appearances uh, pop. Uh, just, there's just not enough high-grade copies to go around. So it, even a mid-grade copy of All-Star Comics 58 is good to have in the, in the old short box. Yeah, I, I have a 9.2, I think. Um, right. It's And I, I got it for a really reasonable price. I think this is one of those books that if you see, uh, pick up because yeah, Power Girl is not Supergirl, but Power Girl um, also has assets that, um, <laughs> being, that may be taken advantage of. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other another pick, I, I, I put through these notes here. Um, Superman number one ninety nine uh, from nineteen sixty seven. Uh, this is an interesting book. This is the very first Flash versus Superman race. Uh, it's it's really cool. Throughout history, there has been this ongoing competition between Flash and Superman as to who is the fastest. Uh, is it the fastest man on Earth, or is it is it the Flash? And uh, it's They've tied Superman's a lot of times. Superman's, huh? Superman's a little bit of a dick. Flash has one thing. Let him have this one thing. <laughs> you yeah. not have it, please. I know. It's like he can he can do one thing. He can run fast, and that's right. Um, yeah, they tie each other a lot, although um, every now and then Flash comes ahead and wins. And every now and then, less often, Superman does. 
but I think, you know, people collect themes like this. And this is one of those themes that people like, these, these races. And um, right now, the a 9.6 of this book is, is pricey, $14,400. That black cover. Yes, yes. That black but cover. You can get a 5.0 for 276 uh, dollars, which is down mm -hmm. from 308 for the 90 day, uh, or the sorry, the 12 month uh, average. Raj, you can get anywhere from 50 to 100 for uh, a low to mid grade. I mean, it's this is a, this is a nice book to have in your. You know, we're talking about um, DC books. This, this this is kind of an off um, off the beaten track for people. Uh, I see what you did there. Track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like this book. Um, you know, this is a nice Silver Age book that is is still affordable in in most grades, and um, is a is a nice theme book. Classic cover. Think of how many statues have been done based around this, and digital collectibles from certain companies. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a really good pick. Um, you might as well read your next piece of viewer mail because it ties right into this. <laughs> sure does. Um, this is from Ben Ellison. So what are the top DC Silver Age keys you might invest in? Um, okay, so this is, uh, I took my picks from a, a recent movie that just came out, uh, which was Black Adam. Did you see it? Yes, I did. And I liked it. Okay. It, do we talk about this? We haven't uh, talked about this yet, have we? Maybe we haven't. Oh. Uh, I thought it was, you know, people, people, I think. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's superhero fans, comic book fans uh, want to see a reflection of the comic book. And they want the, they want movies to be tailored to their level of expectation of the characters. But you, they have to realize, you know, as comic book fans, we have, you know, in some cases, decades of past knowledge to draw on when we look at a movie, you know, when you and see luggage. And, and luggage. Yeah. Right. Uh, when you see Dr. Fate, for example, you know, all, you know, you have an understanding of what Dr. Fate is and the power of that helmet that he wears. You got to convey that to people who have no idea what you're talking about in in a two hour movie, and things just get altered to fit the time that's available, and you know you have to be accepting of that because you know now then everything is going to be able to get a you know a Zack Snyder cut uh, that's that's more detailed. So there's a lot of that in this movie. I think I think there's people. Uh, you know, the the writers were were trimming down and altering the stories to fit a narrative they could tell in a single movie. Mm -hmm. um, but saying all that, I thought it was enjoyable. If you're if you're a, a the rock fan, you know, or Dwayne Johnson, as he likes to call himself. I still think that's rock. If you're a Dwayne Johnson fan, um, it's just this is just a, a great movie. You get a lot of closest of him. You get a lot of one liners. You know, um, he's he's fighting a difficult fight, but fighting it to his level of morals, which is kind of like every single uh, movie that he does. And it was fun. And I think it sets up um, a possibility for other movies. I, I saw the Black Panther. I'm sorry uh, that Black Adam, too, uh, was greenlit. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see a second movie. I'm sure we're going to see some tie in at some point with Superman. 
some point potentially with Shazam, but I doubt it. Um, and you know, an extension of the Justice Society. I, I think the I think that is going to be another super team that is going to have some some weight in future either movies or TV shows, whatever properties. And remember, Disney had, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, DC has an excellent animated arm. And I could see a lot of animation, animated shows coming from this movie. Um, so, so in that, that thought, my, you know, my picks for top keys uh, right now is Justice League number 21, for example, which is the first Silver Age appearance of uh, Dr. Fate. Uh, Dr. Fate in the movie, um, you know, his helmet is his power. So the, 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 the helmet is what you follow. And, and, and I think that's, that is important. Um, so this is an important key. Um, the first, first appearance of, of justice society too. First justice society. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and also brave and the bull number 34, the first, uh, first Hawkman. Uh, I think, I think Hawkman, I think, I think, um, the actor who played Hogman did a great job um, being um, aggressive as you picture that that particular race, you know, um, and, you know, just just being on point. I, I thought he did a great job. I could see him doing some other movies or TV shows or, or what have you. I have a couple of uh, Silver Age picks that are along those lines, uh, but they're, you know, you know me, they're a little more oddball. Um, Brave and the Bold 61 which is the first Silver Age Black Canary. Mm -hmm. So first uh, reappearance of her since, you know, Flash comics got canceled in the uh, late 40s. And I think that's an underrated key. Also, Justice League of America number 75, which is the first new Black Canary, where they bring her to Earth-1, uh, she's the daughter of the original Black Canary, which caused all sorts of problems later on, but nobody cared at the time. Uh, and, you know, everyone's specking on Zatanna. I think uh, poor Dinah Lance is getting left in the dust. Uh, Black Canary is something uh, that I think is always going to be popular, a per character that's always going to be popular as long as she's in the fishnets, not that awful 1980s costume. <laughs> I love yeah. the fishnets, yes. Exactly. Why would you mess with the fishnets? <laughs> Uh, so those are a couple of my picks. I also want to mention, since we're talking about the the uh, the expected revitalization of the DC Cinematic Universe, and now we've got a couple people in charge, um, Sandman has been renewed for a second season. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, that was good news uh, to hear. So uh, everyone that says we don't do enough DC comics, there you go. There's a heap and help in a DC <laughs> here on the show. Uh, my next piece of viewer mail comes from our friend Frog Brawler, who writes, love the costumes, guys. I was expecting to see John as Quasar, so I was surprised. Uh, Frog, uh, look at the live video from the night before Halloween, and you will see me as Quas. Uh, Richard, I feel your pain of not, of not being able to see. I went through three different masks before I found one that I didn't immediately want to throw into the toilet. Uh, if you did not see the show, Richard was having trouble with his Nick Fury eye patch. On a different note, uh, convincing your audience to make financially wise decisions is impressive. Maybe you should seek out Fidelity or Vanguard as a sponsor. Uh, they're not paying us, so I'm not going to mention them, but I do like Fidelity. I have, to have a few. Uh, I have a Vanguard IRA, so. 
I have a fidelity IRA. Oh, that's, actually, I have a fidelity one too. That's I have both. So we can have, uh, we can have dueling sponsors, and we can give the pros and cons <laughs> of each one. Uh, seriously, though, um, collecting is great. Collecting's fun, but get your priorities in order. Um, all of us are adults here. If you are 18 years or older and you watch this uh, on YouTube or you listen to this podcast, you know better. Um, people first, then debts, then comics. How's that? Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, you'll sleep better. We'll you sleep will. That way. How's it been since you paid everything off? I know I ask you that almost every other week. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that know, don't know, I had... Um, I had a large chunk of change that I was going to buy uh, an Amazing Fantasy 15. So we're talking uh, almost 20000 Yeah, around $20,000. And I just couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger because I had a significant amount of debt that was just sitting there. Credit card debt. Credit card worst. debt. Yeah, it was the worst, you know. Um, so I turned around and paid it off. It's It was... Uh, I. I had three different credit cards. I paid them all off. There's a small floating balance on one of them. Um, but yeah, paid it all off. Uh, my credit score went up 35 points. Um, and um, no, it's a wonderful feeling. I, I can look at those, look at those credit cards and see a zero balance and not, not worry about it. So it's, it's definitely an empowering feeling. I will say the floating balance is okay to have because that means you're still showing that you use credit, right? Uh, which doesn't really knock your FICO, but get rid of that one too after a few months. There's no reason to have that floating balance. I'm going to turn this into a financial show, but yeah, I, I understand. Um, what, I, what I actually did was I got a 0% interest transfer. Don't fall for it. Pay it off. Oh, no, no, no. I know. Okay. But I transferred the balance of my other cards to, to this one card so that I have just this one card with a 0% um, interest on it for the next 12 months. So I'll have it paid off before then. You better, because what happens if you don't, not only does the interest start accruing, but it accrues for the previous 12 months and gets added on. So that's the trap they get you in with those 0% interest. Read the fine print, people. Oh, read oh, it. Yep. Yep. All right, what's your next piece of your email? My next piece is from Hydra Collectibles. As a smaller YouTuber who tries to educate rather than speculate when it comes to comics, I totally understand uh, you're upset with the views on your amazing interview. I myself have uh, five interviews with the Turtles creator, Kevin Eastman, on my channel, and they aren't getting seen at all. Oh. Uh, that's terrible. Turtles are I'm a huge fan of the Turtles, a huge fan of Kevin Eastman. Um Check out uh, Hydra Collectibles. Check out his his uh, channel um, because I can't I can't think of a reason why not to. <laughs> it's, I've, I've, I've edited my list. Yeah, if you like the turtles, for sure, you yeah. see what Kevin Eastman's up to and hear some stories. Yeah, but interviews I, they seem to to not be as in, um, maybe they're not as engaging as the the conversations that we have between the two of us because you know. I think you always learn. I think you well. First of all, I've I've had a couple of weeks to think about it. Number one, everybody went back and watched the view counts are are more in line now. Thank you, everybody. So I'm not I'm not so about it like I was. And I also realized somebody else in the comments made a really good point. It was a long interview, and they preferred to listen to it on the audio podcasts on their way to work and commuting. 
uh, because the listens on the audio version went way up for that episode. So I understand that. I also understand, I, I don't like DC. Eh, Paul Levitz, who? You're always going to learn something from us, okay? We will not have someone on and make it boring. We will make sure we, um, we're pretty good interviewers. We can tailor it to anyone that even has zero knowledge of the person or what they did and still make it entertaining. And one last point, I took it as a big compliment that several of you said, it took away time from you and Richard. <laughs> and I think that's actually kind of sweet. Um, well, thank you. We'll, thank, we'll take that. Yes. Um, my last piece of viewer mail is from Comics and Tattoos, two things I love. Viewer mail. Guys, I need your advice. I want a Hugh Jackman CGC signature. I have a Hulk 180 in a 7.5, but I'm unsure. I have a Wolverine number one limited series in 9.6. I feel for the price of the signing. I really need a good book to make it worth it. Do I buy a Wolverine number one 9.8, hoping it will come back a 9.8? Or should I go with something like an X-Men 212 or a Wolverine 17 and a 9.8? Less risk, but no guts, no glory. Please let me know what you think or any suggestions. All right, comics and tattoos. Here's the truth-telling time. Sitting you down and looking you right in the eye. Why do you want this signature? That's what's going to drive the decision here. Is it for you? Is it for your personal collection? Do you see this as being a book like Richard's uh, Fantastic Four number five behind him on the wall there that you will never, ever, ever get rid of no matter what. If that is the case, go big. Don't worry about it. You, you're not trying to resell it. If you send a 9.8 in and it comes back a 9.6, you, you don't care because you're never going to sell it. So you don't worry. You know, your, your OCD may bug you, but it's not like you're making an investment here. If it's not the case and you're looking to flip something and sell it later. And you're, you know, it's like, Oh, Hugh Jackman, it's a good opportunity to get something signed and really bump up the value. Send that Hulk 180. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, this is a tough one. Yeah, you're right. It all depends on what, um, what his intents are, you know, with the book. If he's a huge, huge, huge Jackman fan, a huge and- Jackman. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I made you snort. <laughs> uh, uh, if you're a huge fan, it really, and, and you're planning on keeping it, it really, the what, what you send in is not as important as sending something in to get that signature. Right. So um, if that's the case, and like John says you want to keep it, send in, go like go big. And um, I would probably send, send in, uh, I, me personally would send in the Wolverine one over the Hulk 180 just because you know he's on the cover he's on the cover yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know that's, yeah and that's that to me is I think more impactful um you know it's got that that awesome Frank Miller cover um I would go I would go that way rather than the 180 um but yeah if if it's for you you know do do what you want to see on the wall in five years um but I think Hugh Jackman, I think either one of those, I think would be if you're if you're doing it for a potential future sale. Um, if Hugh stays in the um, the MCU for more than one movie, mm-hmm. uh, it may be, may be something, something good. You're not allowed to send it in unless your credit cards are all paid off. <laughs> That's my other rule. I have plenty of rules. In fact, 
I have a 25 year rule. Ah, didn't expect that, did you? I did not. Ah. That was talented. I'm impressed. Thank you. The 25-year rule for new people to this podcast is when you hit that 25 years after your childhood and nostalgia kicks in, you want to recreate your childhood. Hence the 25-year rule where we look this year at 1997, 25 years ago. Today, Richard, your favorite series in 25-year rules, Trademark Preservation Comics. Today, we have Bug number one. Did you read Micronauts when you were a kid? Yes, I did. I had Micronauts. The Micronauts were cool. Me too. I had Micronauts, and I used to uh, use the um, Space 1999 spaceship that my brother had as the Endeavor. Because they, they never made an Endeavor for the Micronauts, so I used to use that as the Endeavor. And they didn't have a Commander Ran. I guess he was supposed to be Time Traveler. So I would use a generic time traveler micronaut to be Commander Rand. There was no marionette. Where's marionette? <laughs> you know? Um, so, Bug. Here's the thing about Bug and the micronauts. Micronauts had characters that were licensed from Hasbro, I believe. I believe it was Hasbro. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also had original characters that Marvel owned. Marionette is an original character that Marvel owns. Bug is an original character that Marvel owns. So when the rights reverted back to Hasbro, Marvel has to assert that trademark in some way, shape, or form. Hence, we have Bug One Shot Number One from 1977, right under the 20-year mark of the debut of the Micronauts. I'm telling you, there's a 20-year rule there for copyrights or for trademarks. Um, I've never read Bug Number One. I remember being really annoyed with Bug as a kid in Micronauts because tick every time he had tick dialogue, there was tick in the dialogue balloons. <laughs> and I would tick, have to read past tick the dialogue like that. <laughs> Annoying. Um, not a lot of copies of this on eBay. One was listed for 12 bucks and it sold, but it had a best offer accepted. A CGC 9.8 of Bug tick number one. Sold for $102 in September. What? I was a huge Micronauts fan. I loved my the tw- first 12 issues by Michael Golden. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> I love the miniatures. I thought the miniatures were cool. It's a shame this will never be reprinted uh, because of, you know, same thing with ROM. The, the toy rights are tied up. Hasbro is keeping them tight to the vest for some reason. They were going to do some sort of Hasbro movie universe with all these characters, and that went kaplooey. Um, I don't know if I'm going to see the Micronauts team up with G.I. Joe and Rom. Do you? Oh, that would be cool. I don't only, think we'll ever see it, but I think it would be cool. Only if Jem and the Misfits show up. Tell you what, if, if I win the Powerball, I will buy Hasbro just for the purpose of being able to do that. Can I have uh, Jem in the holograms? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't want Jim in the holograms. I just want the Misfits. The Misfits were cool, man. You have to make some TV show out of it, though. <laughs> the Misfits would be the heroes instead of the villains. Hey, underrated books of the week. Richard, what do you got? Uh, my choice this week is Planet Comics number two. Not the original Planet Comics from 1940, but from 2020. Uh, this was put out by Arctic Press uh, a couple years ago. Uh, this is a cover, the, the cover art and this first story. This is a, kind of a, a serials, a set of, um, a set of serial stories 
Uh, Kelsey Shannon, who uh, the cover art of this is what sold me. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's this beautiful blue cover with this uh, woman uh, in this red outfit, and she's walking towards you, and it's just a real, really well-framed, uh, well-thought-out, simple cover. And uh, good girl art. I will, I will claim that I've, I've fallen for that again. Um, but yeah, so this series was started as, a, as the 80th anniversary to the original series, which ran from 1940 to 1953. And as I said, the stories are told as serials. Amazona, who is the main character of the first story, who's on the cover, uh, she's this, this uh, immortal heroine in, in this, this story. Her, I guess her story was originally told back in the, uh, the first uh, series, but you never really found out what happened to her. And so this is a continuation of that and you're and it kind of fills in the information. So it's, it's interesting from that standpoint, this series um, has had fits and starts. Uh, it started uh, issue one came out in 2020 um, issue 13 is slated to come out, uh, you know, beginning of next year. And in between every few months, it seemed there was an issue that came out. Frequency seems to be getting more and more regular. So hopefully that's something that we're going to see, um, more regular uh, releases. There are no copies of this book on the GPA. So mm -hmm. as far as GPA is concerned, this book does not exist. There are only three copies. One of them is a 9.8 9 on the CGC census. So this is a, this is a, I don't know if it's a low print count book or just hard to come by. Uh, you can see find raws on eBay every now and then for around 30 to $40. You know, and at that point, I think it's a great price. I mean, if the book is, is as low print as it appears to be, um, and it's that beautiful cover, uh, I, I, I think it's it's a nice uh, a nice book to buy at that price range. I wonder if Planet Comics as a title has fallen into public domain. That's a great question. You no, know, uh, yeah. because what's stopping like everybody else from publishing a Planet Comics at this point? Um, as, yeah. Hmm. I wonder, there's a whole bunch of, of titles from that era. I wonder if they could be resurrected because they're in, in public domain. Yeah, because I remember, um, I think it was uh, Blackthorn Comics had a planet yeah. comic at one mm -hmm. point uh, with Dave Stevens covers. Yes, they so, did. so, yeah. Hey, guess what that was? What? That was a segue into my underrated book, which is Roach Mill number one by Blackthorn Comics. Ah. Roach Mill was a strange little independent comic from the 80s uh, from the team of Rich Hedden and Tom McQueenie, first published by Blackthorn for six issues in 1986. Then it moved over to the, the big leagues, Dark Horse Comics, for 10 issues between 1988 and 1990. It was kind of a half-serious, half-comedic a comic book about a half man, half roach, who was kind of a Punisher exterminator type character. Um, the art was very heavily influenced by early Mad Magazine, uh, Mad comic books, actually. Harvey Kurtzman. Did you? Did I force Roach Mill on you when you were coming to the comic shop I managed in the eighties? If I remember correctly, yes, you did. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> now, in the, now that you mention it, I have a specific memory of it. <laughs> I believe I, I I grabbed people by the collar and forced Roachmill into their hands uh, at certain points if I knew they would they would dig it. Uh, I always loved this book. Um, I don't know what happened to these guys. Super talented. Uh, Roachmill had a moment where it was a hot book in the '80s in that whole uh, post Turtles independent uh, gold rush, and 
it all kind of continues today. I was kind of shocked today when I went and go and looked on eBay. Number one still sells steadily for 10 bucks, which I thought for sure it was going to be a two or three dollar book. Um, and there are no GPA sales for slab copies, just like your planet comics number two. So you could be the first and tell your friends, Richard, go get a roach mill number one slab and sell it. That's that's great. Yeah. Boy, I got it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, now now I want to I want to pick up a copy just to read it. That's I got a whole run on eBay of both series, I think like three or four years ago for 30 bucks. Oh wow. So yeah, all 16 issues and uh, they're great and it holds up. It's a really fun book. It gets serious at points, which is kind of weird. And then it goes right back to being super wacky and comedic. Uh, So uh, if you are looking for a good read, Roach Mill is the way to go. Uh, And I don't know if it would ever get adapted. It'd have to be a cartoon. It'd have to be a cartoon. Yeah, well, see, when I think of, of half roach, half human, I think of Wolver Roach from Cerebus. There was a little bit of that um, accusation flung their way when this was out, but they made such a distinctive, uh, different character and tone that that went away pretty quick. It was just a surface uh, thing. I loved the, uh, the the Roach Mill logo with the, the strike through uh, post Ghostbusters kind of taking that thing. Um, I know there's a few people that mutual friends of ours that I forced Roach Mill upon that will probably have fond memories of that. If you guys have not read Roach Mill, you've got to check it out. Yeah, everyone needs a friend like John to force books on them. And make you pay your credit cards off. (laughs) And with that, we are going to leave you for another week. Uh, Richard, remind everybody where they can find us, please. On Facebook and Instagram, they can find us at Bronze and Modern Gods or on the website, bronzeandmoderngods.com. And you guys uh, have fun this week, and we will catch you next time. Yep. Everybody stay safe.